hours. As I was thinking this morning, I, I couldn't help, as I was thinking about our situation this morning, I couldn't help but think of Matthew 5, 45, right? Thinking of God's provision. He says he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So I guess we're, we're in that category here this morning, aren't we? Um, but no matter what is going on outside, we can worship the Lord together here and uh, listening on the radio on T102, as well as uh, through streaming online. So we're grateful that you are with us this morning. Just a couple quick notes about how we are changing plans this morning. Um, immediately after the service, we are, uh, I do invite all of you to come outside. We are going to still do baptisms this morning. Um, they just will not be here in the sanctuary. So we're going to kind of go through the service as planned. But after the service is over, we do invite you to come outside and witness the baptisms that will be taking place in the, in the parking lot outside. And then immediately after that, we have our fall kickoff. The food will be down in the solstice room in the basement. We have fun stuff for the kids, the bounce house, face painting, those sorts of things will be next door in the ministry center. Um, so we invite you to stay and still participate in those activities, even though we had to relocate here back to the church. Um, so, so we invite you to do that and feel free also, um, if you're a family and the young kids want to participate in the bounce house and stuff, feel free to make a plate of food and bring it over next door. There are tables and chairs set up there. You are welcome to do that as well. Uh, but we are here to worship this morning. We're here to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so let's do that together. I invite you to stand for our call to worship this morning, which comes from Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you've established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If you're able, I invite you to remain standing as we worship our Lord and Savior together this morning. Our first hymn is, This is My Father's World.
Great indeed. Now is the time for children's chat. Uh, we are doing things a little bit different here this morning because, again, we plan to be at the park and not in the sanctuary here. So um, the children are going to be coming forward for children's chat, and I'll invite you to greet your neighbor as well. But I also want to invite the deacons to come forward at this time. The offering is going to be collected while the children's chat is going on. So take a moment, greet your neighbor, but we also invite the deacons to come forward as well and collect the offering during this time. my goodness. Must have been a hard weekend. Let's try that again. Good morning. morning. Oh, that's so much better. How are you guys today? Good. So why don't we have school on Monday? Well, what does that mean? What is Labor Day? Why do we celebrate Labor Day? You get a day off. We get a day off. That is right. We get a day off. A long time ago, they decided that people that work hard for a living deserve a day off. And they call that Labor Day. Okay? So, but I want us to think about something. I want us to think about what if you never had to go to work? What if mom and dad never had to go to work? And all those chores you have to do, what if you never had to do them? Would that be cool? Yeah, no cleaning your room, no folding laundry, no washing dishes. Oh, Josie, very good. You wouldn't get any money if you didn't work. Yeah, if mom and dad didn't go to work, who would, if mom and dad didn't have to work, who would do your laundry? Who would wash your dishes? Who would cook your meals? How would you buy groceries? How would the groceries get to the grocery store? Who would take care of the animals? What if nobody worked? Would this be a very fun world to live in? No, we could have metal robots. Well, metal robots might work, but that's in the future. We're talking about now. Okay. So if we don't work, we don't have things. And if mom and dad don't go to work, they don't have money. And and money seems to be what really we need to have. So Labor Day is a day where we, how hard we work for our money. Okay. Now in Colossians chapter three, verse 23, it says as a reward. Do you guys have a job? Is, is, is your job going to school? Yeah, your job is going to school, right? 
And is it nice to have a day off from school every once in a while as a reward? Yeah, it is. And in our scripture reading, it says, whatever you do, work with all your heart as if working for the Lord. When you do your math homework, are you doing it to the best of your ability for the Lord? As you're reading your books, sometimes it's not fun to do homework and we get a little grumpy about it. But we need to remember, we need to do this for God. Think about how much fun it would be to study for a test if you do it for the glory of God and you do it to the best of your ability. And if you're doing your best, then that's your reward. And God is proud of you. For doing your best. Okay? And that is how we receive our inheritance. Okay? So, whatever work looks like. If work looks like cleaning your room and you really don't feel like it. Think about it. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go do it for God. Because I know my reward is coming in heaven. I'm going to get to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And I won't have to work when I get there. So we need to remember, when mom gives us a chore, clean out the dishwasher, fold your laundry, pick up your toys, instead of grumbling, let's say, I am going to work and I am going to do this for God because I know one day I'm going to be in heaven with him. And that is my payment. That is my reward. Okay, let's say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for these children. Thank you for our day off on Monday. Help us to remember that all things come from you and are through you. Let us have a great weekend and to remember All our work is done for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. Thanks, Maria. Thanks, kids. You guys can head back to your seats. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, I need to take a moment and remind you of the announcement that I was supposed to share this morning, not all the curveballs that I had to uh, articulate uh, with the change of plans. Um, There are two important dates that I wanted to remind you of. Next week, September 11th, is the official start of the Sunday school year, confirmation year. So if your child is in uh, preschool, if your child is in confirmation, we are starting those classes up next Sunday, and we invite you to uh, join us and participate with us in that. Um, Also, it is promotion Sunday, so if your kid is moving to a new class, um, make sure they they get to that new class. And if you're not sure where to go, um, ask Pastor Tori or one of the Sunday school teachers to be able to help you with that. Um, And second graders will also be receiving their Bibles in church next Sunday as well. The Sunday after that is September 18th. uh, We're having a praise and prayer night uh, that evening, uh, 7 o'clock here in the sanctuary, led by the praise team. So uh, we invite you to join us for that as well at 7 o'clock, September 18th, here in the sanctuary. So keep those dates in mind, and let's go to the Lord in prayer together now. Father God, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you and praise you because you are good, and it is through you that we receive every good and perfect gift. Lord, as the, as the doxology says that we sing so often together, we praise you because it is from you that all blessings flow. 
And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here in this place today. We thank you that even though our plans may change, even though circumstances may not be what we expect, Lord, you are still good, you are still God, and you are sovereign over it all. And so we entrust ourselves to you, not, not just plans for services and, and fall kickoffs, Lord, but, but our entire lives to you. We trust that your plan, that your will is what's best for us. We know and understand, Lord, that sometimes things don't work out the way we expect them. And, and we mean that in, in, in very serious ways as well. For some, that means a, an injury or an illness, maybe an unexpected cancer diagnosis. Or maybe it's that of a loved one. And so, Lord, even though we do not know what tomorrow may bring, we know that you are still sovereign over it all and that you are still good and that you are still faithful and that you, your word says that you can work all things to the get together for the good of those who love you who have been called according to your purpose. And so we entrust our very lives to you, Lord, knowing that you have a plan and purpose for us. And part of that plan and part of that purpose is to, to make us more and more into your image. And so we ask that your Holy Spirit would work in us what is good and pleasing according to your will. Lord, there's many, uh, many names, Lord, that we've been praying for in our bulletin for some time. And though they're not in this bulletin here today, we still think of those who are suffering, who are hurting. And we ask, Lord, for your presence to be with them in a special way this day and in the days to come. May you provide what is lacking. May you bring healing where there is illness and hurt. And may you, Lord, just bring guidance and wisdom and discernment to those who are in need of it. Lord, we thank you for the individuals that are choosing to be baptized this morning. And we'll, we will have an opportunity to hear from them later in the service. But we are grateful for lives given to you. And so we praise you for, for their desire, Lord, to publicly proclaim their faith in you. And may you, Lord, uh, just, just work in all of us, just, Lord, a desire to know you and know you more. Lord, your word calls us to pray for those in authority over us. This, and so this day we pray for our, our state government. We pray for our governor, our state legislature and the courts, other elected and appointed officials. May you give them wisdom beyond their means. May they have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness, Lord. And may you, Lord, um, uh, help them to make decisions that are, that are for the good of, of the people of the state of Ohio. And Lord, we also pray for our church family here. We're just thankful and grateful for our Sunday school program and confirmation program and other adult Bible studies, Lord, that will be starting up here again soon. We thank you for each leader in those groups and pray that you prepare them and equip them now, Lord, for the work that they will do this, this coming up ministry year. And we praise you and thank you for their gifting and their willingness to serve. Lord God, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Invite Maria forward for our scripture reading today. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. 
For through the law I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained... Thank you, Maria. Let's pray together again. Father God, as we hear your word read here this morning, we thank you and praise you for it. And we ask that as we study it together this morning, that you would open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us today. Lord, we, we need you in your spirit to guide us and to help us understand and to lead us into all truth. And I ask, Father, that you also give me words to speak, that, you, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So today we're taking a, a quick break from our, uh, our summer series. We've been looking at the question, who is Jesus? And looking at how scripture answers that question for us. And we do have one more week of that, and we'll get back to that next week. But when, we had a, when the idea came up to do an outdoor service at the park for the fall kickoff and include baptisms with that, I wanted to take a brief break from that series in order to be able to talk about you know, the significance of, of this service and this day. And so that's why we landed here at this passion and passage in Galatians chapter 2, because I feel like this verse helps us reflect on the significance and the meaning of baptism. It's Baptism is a, is a symbol of being united with Christ in his death and his resurrection. We believe that just as, just as the water washes away dirt from our bodies, we believe that the blood of Christ washes and purifies us from our sin. It's a promise of new life in Christ. And so baptism, no matter the age of the individual, right, is a visual and public proclamation of the gospel. Every time we witness a baptism, it's an opportunity for us to be reminded of the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection for us. And what that means, not just for the one being baptized, but for all of us, for those that have been walking with Christ for for many years, it's an opportunity for us to, to reaffirm our commitment to the Lord. And maybe there's people here today or listening on the radio or watching online who've not made that decision for themselves. And so baptism is a public, it's a public proclamation, a declaration of that hope that we have in Christ. And it may be witnessing that that brings a person to faith in Jesus. And so this passage from Galatians, right, it it encapsulates that idea for us. There's many passages we could have gone to and we'll hear from more more passages later in our service today. But this passage helps encapsulate the gospel message for us and the significance of baptism so well. Paul here is talking about dying to self and living for Christ. And and to help us kind of better understand where we're picking up here, because we're picking up right in the middle of of an argument that Paul's making, it's helpful to know kind of what Paul's talking about in the book of Galatians as a whole. Earlier this week, I, I read through, it's just six chapters, it's not very long, you can do it in, you know, half an hour or so if you had the time to do it, but I read through all six chapters of Galatians just to kind of get a feel for Paul's message to that church. And the main concern that he was addressing in this letter was, was the issue of, of works versus grace. You see, God had, had brought many individuals in this city to faith in Christ, and then sometime later, there were others who came. They came from Jerusalem. Then they, they showed up in Galatia, and they were trying to tell these believers that, that faith in Christ alone wasn't enough. 
that they needed to also live like a Jewish person in everything that that entails. Circumcision, food laws, other purity laws. And so there were, there were people that were trying to say that faith in Jesus alone wasn't enough. You needed to add to it in order to be saved. You needed to also follow the Jewish law. And so Paul is trying to correct that understanding. He's trying to help them to see that, that faith in Jesus is all that we need in order to be saved. That putting our faith in Christ and, and trusting and believing in his death and resurrection is the foundation of our faith. Now, we'll see here as we go along that that's, there's more, right, that, that we are dying to self, but we're also living for Christ. So there's more to it than that. But, but when we're talking about salvation, when we're talking about what it means to be saved, it's faith in Christ that is the baseline for us all. It's trusting that his death and resurrection is enough to save us from our sins, that we don't need to add to or take away from that but that his death is sufficient for us. And so that's why Paul here, these verses really summarize then the the main idea or the main theme of this letter as a whole. And they're just short verses, so I want to reread them for you so they stick in your mind a little bit. Paul, again, in, in Galatians chapter 2, verse 19, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And so the first thing we need to ask ourselves to understand this verse, these verses better is what does it mean to be crucified with Christ? And there's two aspects of this I want to highlight for us this morning because both of them are equally important. I think maybe the obvious one that we look at is that, that when we are crucified with Christ, we are putting our sin to death, right? We are, scripture is very clear that we are all sinners in need of a Savior, right? That God created us good, and, and, and he created everything good. That's what we read in Genesis 1 and 2. God looked at all he had made, including man and woman in his image, and he called it very good. But then sin entered the world in Genesis 3 and pretty much ruined everything that God had done, right? Sin entered the world and affected everything, including you and I. And so we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And so part of what it means to be crucified with Christ is to put to death our sin. It means to confess and repent, to turn away from our sin and understand that when Jesus was nailed to the cross, our sin was nailed to the cross too, that we bear it no more, right? And so we need to turn from our sin and turn towards Jesus. But there's another aspect of this that I think is equally important for us to hear. We, yes, we are all sinners in need of a Savior, but we also need to recognize that we are not the Savior that we need. All too often we look at God's commandments and God's law and think that it's a standard that we are supposed to achieve in and of ourselves. We look at what God has said for us to do and to not do, and we think that if we just are strong enough or faithful enough or or we believe enough that somehow we will be able to earn our way into God's kingdom. You see, we need to crucify our self-righteousness as well. We need to understand that, that none of us are so bad that we have disqualified ourselves from God's grace, but also that none of us are so good that we are not in need of it either. 
We need to understand that we are sinners in need of a Savior and that we cannot achieve that salvation for ourselves. And Paul understood that just as well as anybody. In Philippians 3, he he goes through the list that if anybody could have earned their salvation, if anybody understood what it meant to be righteous according to the law, it was him. Right? He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. And yet he recognized that none of that pedigree, right, none of his accomplishments was enough. What he needed was to die to self. What he needed was faith in Christ. You see, Christ has fulfilled both aspects of the law on our behalf. In Matthew 5, when Jesus is speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, he says that he has not come to abolish the law. He didn't come to get rid of it. He came to fulfill it. And you see, he fulfills it for us in both of those ways. He fulfilled it by living a life in perfect obedience to the Father. You see, in, in, all, the, in all the ways that we try to earn righteousness for ourselves, Christ was able to do that God-man, right? He was, he was fully human, fully God. And in his life, he was perfectly obedient to the Father in all things. And so in that way, he fulfilled the law in a way that we never could. And at the same time, he fulfilled the law by taking on the punishment that we deserve for disobedience. Right? Do you see what's going on there? Jesus perfectly obeyed the law. And so he was the one person who ever lived who didn't deserve to die. And yet he willingly sacrificed himself for us. He died so that we might live. And so in that way, Jesus has fulfilled the law on our behalf. So when we are united with Christ in faith, when we put our trust in him, that means that we are united with him in his death. So that means that the death that he died on the cross, when he suffered, he suffered for our sin, your sin and my sin. It also means that when he was raised to life, that we are raised to life with him. We die to self, but then we live with Christ. You see, our union with Christ is so important because that is our salvation. We are joined with him in his death and his resurrection. And And it's a past, a present, and a future reality. In the past, it says in Ephesians 1, that God chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world. See, salvation for God's people has always been his plan. He has always desired to save his people through Christ and his death and his resurrection. We are united with him in the present as well through the the justification and sanctification that comes through his death and his resurrection and the rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. He died so that we may live and, and he gives us his Holy Spirit to live for him. And we'll talk about that more in just a moment. And in the future, we will also be united with him when he returns and in glory, right? We will be united with him and live with him forever and when his kingdom comes. And so we have to die to self, but we also have to live for Christ. It says here in Galatians that when we do so, we are living for him. It's in response to the love that he has for us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, I have been crucified. It says that, excuse me, that's Galatians. In Romans 5, 8, it says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in 1 John chapter 4, in several different spots, it talks about how We know love because God first loved us, right? That's the key is that God initiated this on our behalf. He loved us first. And so we can then live for him in response to that grace and mercy we receive. 
And so we're called to live like Jesus, to be the people that God has created us to be. Like I said, God is trying to restore us to that Genesis 1 and 2 relationship where everything was very good. And so we want to live like Jesus, live for him. That means we pursue holiness. Like I said earlier, it's not that, it's not that our actions don't matter, but it's that our actions need to be, um, uh, our actions need to be revived, right? They need to be redeemed through the blood of Christ. So it's not our actions that earn our place in heaven, but it's our actions in response to the grace that we receive. That's why in Galatians chapter 5, a few chapters later, he goes on to talk about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Right? He's contrasting this, this idea of what it means to live for yourself and live out of your own flesh versus living for the Spirit, living in step with the Spirit. And so we want to pursue holiness in all we do. We want to live for Jesus. And as we do that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. You see, it's about, it's about grace. We die to self. We live for Christ. And at the bottom of it all, what it all boils down to is that it is about the grace of God reaching out to us. Paul says in verse 21 that if, that if righteousness could be achieved through the law, right, if, if we, we are setting the grace of God aside and that Christ died for nothing. Now think about that for just a moment. If we could earn our salvation, then Jesus didn't need to die for us. The weight of that would be on us. But instead, it's, it's in Christ and through Christ that we are saved. Righteousness cannot be attained through the law. So we need to go all in on grace. You see, grace is inherently unfair, isn't it? It's, it's receiving something that we don't deserve. It's receiving something that we could not earn on our own. We're wired to think that there's no such thing as a free lunch, which is why the grace of God is so hard for us to understand at times, because it's God's grace truly is a free gift. And so I encourage you today to, to accept that free gift of salvation, to, to let go of the idea that you can earn your way into God's family to let go of the sin that so easily entangles and to accept the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, to let him take your sin upon himself, to let him take your attempts at righteousness upon himself and receive the gift of salvation that he offers you today. There's three things that, there's three things that you can pray. It's really one simple prayer, but there's three parts to it. And I want to encourage you to think about this as we close in prayer. Maybe you've trusted in Christ for a long time and this is an opportunity for you to refresh or recommit yourself to him. You can pray this along with me. Or maybe you're someone who's never put your trust in Christ. Maybe you've been interested and not really sure what to do with it. This is an opportunity for you to pray with me as well. So whether you're here in the sanctuary or online or on the radio, there's only three things that you need to say. First is I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. I'm sorry for my attempts at self-righteousness. I'm sorry that I've tried to do this all on my own. The second thing you say is, thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me, that you died in my place, that your sacrifice is sufficient for me and my sin. And the third thing you say is, help me. Help me now to live for you by the power of your Holy Spirit, to live life in response to the love and the grace that I've just received through Christ and through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so as I close in prayer, I'm going to invite you to, to pray that with me. And, and, and I invite you 
whether you've been walking with Christ for a time and need to recommit yourself or you've never prayed that prayer before, I invite you to pray with me now. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to to share the good news of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for what this means for me and for everyone who hears the sound of my voice. First of all, Lord, we say we're sorry. We're sorry for our sin. We're sorry for our attempts at self-righteousness. And we ask that you would forgive us for the ways that we've wronged you. We thank you, Lord, that you died on the cross for us. Jesus, you gave yourself up that our sins would be forgiven. And we thank you that your death was sufficient for me. And we ask you to help us now, help us to live for you from this point forward by the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. In response to what we just heard, I invite you to stand with us and sing our next song, Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood. time I want to invite forward the four individuals who are coming forward for baptism today. That's Jack and Sarah Shrolicky, Jim Halter, and Josephine Buckland. Here, why don't you guys all come out of this side? Don't want to block any of your beautiful faces from the congregation here. (laughs) Hear these words of Jesus, an invitation and promise offered to us all. In Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always and to the very end of the age. It's in response to this command and obedience to this command that the church baptizes believers. On the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, Peter said, 
Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, and everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And so we're grateful that we have the opportunity to do this this morning. Um, we're going to just uh, clue all of you guys in. Obviously, uh, we are going to have to do this in two parts here. Um, so we're going to hear from each of these individuals. Uh, we're going to hear uh, their, their response of faith. We're going to have an opportunity to, re, to recite the Apostles' Creed together. We're going to do all of the things we normally would do as a part of this service. Um, but then after we have an opportunity to do that and, and close in song, we'll invite you to join us in the parking lot and we'll be able to actually go through with the, the physical act of baptism at that point. Um, so in, in, with this in mind and your, knowing your desire to be baptized, I invite you each uh, together to answer the following questions as a profession of your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you truly and earnestly repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, and in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? Do you desire to be baptized into this faith? And will you then obediently keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in the same all the days of your life? And will you devote yourself to the church's teaching and fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers? Praise God. In church, we have an opportunity to witness their profession of faith and their desire to make their faith known through the act of baptism. And, and we have an opportunity as a church family to come alongside them as well. And so I invite you to, to share your love and care and support with each one of these individuals as they seek to know and follow Christ. See, Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you, who are witnessing this baptism today, do you promise your love, support, and care to the ones being baptized as they seek to be Christ's faithful disciples? We promise to love, support, and care for you as you seek to know and follow Christ. I invite you also to recite the Apostles' Creed with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, in the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray together. We thank you, O God, for our baptism into Christ's death and resurrection. In the beginning, your spirit moved over the waters. In the time of Noah, you destroyed evil in the water of the flood. And by your saving ark, you gave a new beginning. In the night of trouble, you led Israel through the sea. In the water of the Jordan, our Lord was baptized. And in the baptism of Christ's death and resurrection, you've set us free from sin and death and opened up the way to eternal life. May Christ, who sank deep into death and was raised to life, keep us in the grip of his hand. May your spirit separate us from sin and mark us with a faith that can stand the light of day and endure the dark of night. To you be all honor and glory and dominion and power now and forever through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
As we've done before when we've had uh, believers' baptisms, I've asked each one of these individuals to to share a little bit about why they're choosing to be baptized today. And so uh, we're going to hear from them each individually, um, and and then we're going to pray together again. And so, Jim, could I ask you to start us off? So I was asked uh, to share the reason behind uh, my decision to get baptized today. Um, For those that don't know me, uh, my name is Jim Halter. Um, I was raised in a Christian home and blessed with uh, amazing parents. My dad actually led me to the Lord uh, when I was young. I don't remember my exact age, but I remember I was old enough to have at least have a firm understanding of the gospel. Um, At that moment, I understood that I was a sinner in need of a Savior and uh, truly believed that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and that he was buried and rose again on the third day. I also understood that um, there was no way for us to earn our salvation. Um, That's only through belief in Christ's finished work on the cross that we're saved. Um, As far as my reason for getting baptized today, uh, several months ago, um, Pastor Joel I met with Pastor Joel to discuss becoming a member of First Church. Um, At the end of the meeting, I I literally had my foot out the door, and uh, he had asked me if I'd ever been baptized. And uh, I was honest and told him I had not. Uh, He let me know in a very kind way um, that baptism was a requirement for membership. Um, I decided that I didn't want to treat treat baptism as just another checkmark in the membership process. Uh, So uh, I let Pastor Joel know that I would pray about it and uh, get back with him. Um, I ended up meeting up with him a few months later, and we ended up studying scripture together and uh, various passages on baptism, and ultimately came to the decision that uh, while baptism is not a requirement for salvation, I believe it's an obedient step in my walk with Christ. Uh, And it's also a public proclamation of a decision that I made long ago when my dad led me to the Lord. Josephine Buckland. I am being baptized. My name is Josephine Buckland. I am being baptized today because I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that He is the Son of God and that He is my Savior. I believe Jesus. I believe in Jesus because He trusted me with diabetes. He helped me through it. I couldn't have done it without Him. I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life, and I love him. My name is Jack Shirelicky. From the moment I turned my life over to Jesus Christ, I've been saved and washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ has redeemed me, has transformed me. This morning gives Sarah and I an opportunity to reaffirm 
our faith and our trust and our commitment to Jesus Christ. As Jack said, well, my name is Sarah Shralicky, and as Jack said, we've been, we've been thinking about doing this for a long time. Um, it's been on our heart for a very long time to be water baptized and to reaffirm our commitment to Christ. And so um, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I have been saved by his blood, his precious blood that was shed on the cross. So I want to die in my old ways And I want to rise up in a life in Jesus Christ, whom I love dearly, and dedicate my entire life to him. Thank each of you for sharing your your heart for the Lord, your love for him, and your faith in him. Um, I'm going to pray for each one of you now, um, and then we're going to sing to close out our service. Um, We're going to sing a couple songs. and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a benediction and some instructions at that point as well. Um, but we do invite you all to join us in the parking lot after the close of the service uh, to, to witness their baptism. But I'm so grateful to hear their testimony and their love for the Lord and their desire to be baptized here now. So let me pray for you. And after I'm done praying, you guys can have a seat and we will uh, we'll close out the service with song. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity here once again to, to reflect on your goodness and your grace towards these four individuals, but also to all of us, Lord. We thank you for their testimony and their love for you. Most importantly, Lord, for your love for them. May you always keep them in your grace. May you sustain them in their faith. And may this time here, Lord, this opportunity to be baptized, Lord, be a a moment they will remember for an opportunity, Lord, um, to, to declare their love for you and their desire to follow you for the rest of their lives. We pray these things in Christ's name. Once again, I invite you to stand and join us as we sing our closing songs.
fresh your blood, the blood of the Lamb to our hearts to restore us to the family of God. Thank you, Jesus, so much. And God, you've put spiritual being inside this human, fleshly person. In your eyes, we are imperfectly perfect. We wander. We wander and our minds go other places, Lord, other than you. And that we ask for forgiveness on a daily. We ask for that continual application of the blood to ourselves, to our hearts, to keep freeing us, keep saving us. We have that initial salvation, restore, restoration to your family, but we need that continual application to this fleshly body that we are encased in right now. Heavenly Father, we need you. We will always need you. We need that holy water on our skin.
for service with today, uh, but it is it's going to serve as our postlude. So uh, you are free, feel free to stay in here and, and sing this last song with us. Uh, we're going to sing My Jesus. Or if you'd like to begin to make your way out to the parking lot to witness the baptisms, you're welcome to do that as well. But just know we won't start the baptisms until uh, the praise team or <laughs> members of the praise team join us out there. So feel free to stay in worship or make your way out for the baptism. So we're so thankful that you're here with us today. And let me offer this up as a word of benediction as well. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Again, I invite you to sing this next song with us, My Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Because shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for 